Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up online 24-7, well, that's that's what online is all about, uh, here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. We're still coming to you with both our basic podcast feed and our radio loop. Those are both uh, accessed via links at our homepage. I just gave you the address on that, the Center Left Radio homepage. And you're you're listening to us basically through one or the other, or you may have kind of taken a uh, a side route uh, to uh, your through to and through your own podcast uh, source. And we are there. Well, we're there in most of those sources. Uh, every so often I have to do another review to make sure that we are. But uh, we'll find us, Center Left Radio. If not there, you'll find us at centerlefttalkradio.com. One word, by the way. Um, it's been a while since I put a new show up. A while. Uh, let's see if I can be precise. We put up a show. It's been... It's been uh, nearly, nearly two weeks, about uh, 10 days, 11, uh, 11 days since we put up a new show. That's, that's longer, certainly, than we normally do. We normally have a new show up on Tuesday and, Thursday, uh, Tuesday and Friday of every week. This is a Friday. Today is the 26th of, um, of February, uh, uh, January. My goodness, am I jumping around here? 26th of January. And uh, obviously, it being a Friday, it will also be a day when we have David Bach joining us in our second segment. Uh, but it is uh, as good a day as any, and a, probably a very good day, a better day than most, uh, to get back on schedule with our programming. But, but the reason for that extended um, hiatus of new programming was a show that we had up on air that was uh, generating a, a, a tremendous amount of, of interest. And not that it's not on air, not that it's not available. It's now the second show, for the moment, uh, the second show on the podcast list. Uh, we know, of course, that you know once a show drops off number one, uh, the, the uh, downloads and the interest drop off as well. So when, when a show happens that, that generates as much interest and as much debate, quite honestly, as the, as, uh, the show that we did on the Israeli-Palestinian quagmire, problem, difficulties, name, just, 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 ident just using an identifying word uh, becomes contentious as we, as we learn going through this. Um, that show generated more, uh, more debate back and forth, more downloads, more, uh, more online discussion groups, uh, and, and understandably so, uh, because no one could solve it. Uh, people, people could take positions. People could explain who was at fault when, People could look at the 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 um, the historical nature of it. People could point fingers, and and the natural tendency, especially among 
people who uh, are uh, gifted, let's say, uh, with, with, with a type of mind that, that will analyze and come to a conclusion. Well, those conclusions invariably include, okay, here's who is to blame as well as usually, hopefully, and here's the solution to the issue. Most of what went back and forth was statements about blame, historical. And I think a lot of that uh, was, was basically the, the, the capacity to go beyond that, to, to creating solutions, is that no one could see an immediate solution. Well, if they would do this, if only they would, well, then I would come back and say something like, well, what is actually reasonably doable? And there either would be silence or nothing seems to be doable right now. And to people who, who think and feel they can reason their way through, uh, you know, through, 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 through a foot of steel, that is a very difficult position to be in, that you can't really see a way out, that you can't really uh, craft a solution that seems in any way operable in the real world. And, and that lack of real world solvability, you know, readily logiced to by a crafty, uh, by smart minds, I think also gave rise to far more emotion being expressed about this issue, about Israel and Palestine and what's going on there, than I would have expected among, uh, among some of the uh, more predominant voices in the discussions that were going on behind the scenes as that show continued to run. And, and the answer, well, the, 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 the non-answer that drove so much of that is we just don't have an immediate solution. It's, it, it's, it's nasty. It's tough. It's horrible. And, 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 I, and when you start seeing that level of emotion uh, welling up in people who, again, as I say, normally would be expressing themselves in, in relatively rational and very smart terms, you know you're hitting nerves all over the place. And, 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 when, and when people are that emotional, somewhere, not so deep down, but somewhere in them, there is a, there is a level of fear being excited. They, they, are feeling, they are feeling uncertain. They are feeling very, very uh, shaky, insecure about the situation that they're attempting to deal with. Now, I, 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 uh, I, I want to get into a discussion that I heard early this morning, very early this morning. It was, it was a rebroadcast of uh, Christiane Amanpour's show from yesterday. This would have, she would have recorded this on the 25th of January, today being the 26th. I saw it at about, I don't know, 4.35 o'clock this morning here in the East Coast of the United States. And uh, the uh, one segment of her show, this, the final segment of her show, she usually has one or two interviews, however this works, but it's not always her. She will sometimes have one of her, I wouldn't call them staff interviewers, but one of her regular interviewing group will do an interview 
on behalf of the show with someone. This, this was just such an interview. This, uh, this was Walter Isaacson, brilliant guy, uh, was interviewing Tom Friedman of the New York Times. And, uh, you know, just, just when you think you've heard everything there is to hear about Israel and, 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 and uh, Palestine and Hamas and, and, and the West Bank and Gaza and what's happening up in Lebanon and what's going with the Houthis and, and how is it all linked and, and it, you know, where, is, is Iran really the central force behind it all? And what, it, 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 it becomes increasingly more difficult to, to feel anything but fearful and insecure. Now, most people don't want to say or admit to that. But this incapacity, any incapacity to, to reason a way toward a solution, and especially for people who are used to reasoning their way towards solution. This, this, this hiccup in, in, in what would be the normal pattern of, 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 uh, of thought that these people would utilize can be very, well, let, let's, let's start with disquieting. But that disquieting for people who live in a world of reason and thoughtfulness and solutions and all that, disquieting immediately uh, can resolve itself into, into fear evoking. And fear evoking, uh, having uh, fear being nothing but the uh, absence of love. We've talked about this uh, God knows how many times over the last six or seven years. Uh, basically, fear has an awful lot of stepchildren. And, and, and what, while it may not, while the fear you may be feeling over your incapacity to deal with or solve a particular thing, something that's so close and near and dear to you, it's something that is triggering so many other emotions and, and subconsciously affecting you in so many ways, it, it, there are a whole series of other things within that larger uh, statement of that, that larger four-letter word, fear, that begin to well up and bubble up within us. And when people are operating from a position of fear, they seek things to make them feel less fearful. Even the most intelligent of people, the most rational of people, when some sense of in, intractability or, or some interruption in their capacity to solve things rationally presents itself and just doesn't go away. I have observed, especially of late, a resort, a, a retreat, a, a, an embrace of some some manifestation of fear. No one would ever admit to, I'm feeling fearful about this. I, I fear I can't solve this. I, I therefore am doing this, this, and this, which is a manifestation of my fear. No one's going to tell you that, especially people who are supposed to be above all of that stuff. But that's what's out there right now. A lot of fear. I mean, I mean... <laughs> 
But, but consider this. As I think about Joe Biden as a presidential candidate versus Donald Trump, at this moment, and I, I'm, I'm saying this to you on air, at this moment, I can't conceptualize an absolute, uh, an, I don't have a picture of a guy who is absolutely going to win because of certain attributes and accomplishments that I know he has. Now, if, if, if I step back and I start getting rational and I, and I, and I say, well, wait a minute, wait, and I admit to myself, by the way, and, and, and by the way, that, that reaction makes me upset. There, there's fear. There's fear involved in that. But, but, it, but there's a lot more levels of that fear than just uh, feeling my stomach twitching and everything else. It, it, it probably goes down to a lot of other insecurities. It goes to a broader sense of what would America be like. It, it, like it, it goes into, it, I could, you could trace it, you could track it and trace it through, you know, probably your childhood someplace. But it's a feeling, it's not a good feeling. And it becomes, and it's one that is triggered by a, a, a deep sense of insecurity. Now, where, where, why is this there? Well, I mean, if I, if I rationally put Trump up against uh, Biden, well, well what's, what are we talking about? You got a 91-count indictment guy who's had two impeachments and, uh, and, and, and and basically will at some point be convicted of a crime, and he's a rapist, he's a civil rapist anyway, and he can't, he can't ever tell the truth, and he's basically in it 1,000% for himself, and doesn't have any sense of what, he wouldn't know a policy if he fell across it, but he's out there running again, because it's all he knows how to do, because this is what his fear drives him to do. Okay, now... And I began thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, why do I worry about Joe Biden versus this guy? Two simple statistics, two statistics. The economy grew at 3.3% last quarter, and the stock market closed about 38,000 points a couple of days ago. I'll say that again. The economy, the American economy, grew at 3.3% last quarter. Mag magnificent growth, incredible growth. And the, oh, and the stock market closed at above 38,000 points for the first time in its history in this past week. Under any other circumstances, that is the silver platter on which the presidential candidate will, will frisbee their way, in this case, back into the White House. It is the boomerang that just takes you right back through the front door all over again. You're, in, you're back in the Oval Office, big guy, for four more years. But no, that's not what we are being allowed to feel right now. And much of what we feel, of course, is media. But here are two statistics. And, and, and no amount of, of, of media coverage or anything else is going to change or should change simple facts. And that is that the economy's doing great and the market is way the hell up there. And in reality, Joe Biden is a president and Donald Trump is a piece of crap. I mean, that's reality. Gee, I shouldn't feel fearful at all. 
I should, I should feel confident that somehow Joe Biden will come through this all, that that calm, weathered uh, politician will, will basically reach into the, his bag of tricks, pull, pull a Felix the Cat, reach into his magic bag of tricks, and come out with one more electoral victory. That's the, he needs one more to take Donald Trump out. And, well, then if I go a little bit further, well, geez, but if Donald Trump winds up being convicted and he probably, and the, the odds are very good, uh, what's happening in Georgia with uh, Fannie Willis right now and allegedly having an affair with the prosecutor for the government, blah, and uh, who knows where that's gonna go. Uh, Tom, you know, I, I have a feeling that our, our, our boy Smith in Washington, our man Smith, uh, will basically, uh, uh, the, the January 6th case is the one that will, well, it's all you need, basically. And that's the one that is closest to schedule. It'll happen. It'll start somewhere in March or early April, and there will be a conviction. It's, it's, it's slam dunk. And uh, certainly once it gets to trial, there's no real, there are no real defenses there. There is only public relations. And then you would have a situation where a convicted and most likely sentenced individual, he may not be sentenced to prison. I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more aware of that, the reality, and, and that that might not be literally in the best interest of the country. Just, just like, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Ford felt it was in the best into the interest of the country to pardon Richard Nixon it might not be in the best interest of the country to physically incarcerate Donald Trump. I can see house arrest, and that would seem to be a very reasonable, with, with, with a absolute restriction on his communications abilities. Uh, I don't know where that house arrest will be at the rate things are going with the New York uh, uh, civil trial right now involving his finances. There probably won't be a Mar-a-Lago much longer, assuming that a receiver uh, basically takes control of all this, that the fine is anywhere near the $350 million cash that is being demanded by Letitia James. Trump is in the midst of being debilitated in ways that most humans would be absolutely, I don't know how, I don't know how, how you psychologically sustain the hits that he's taking. And, and this gets back to the question of why are people for him? What is it they want? What, do, what does the Republican base, this, this fraction of the American electorate, of, the Amer of America, but the ones that seem to be behind all of the uh, primaries and, and making all that happen and, once, uh, and, you know, and, and seem to drive so much, and, well, are driving all of Republican politics, it seems, these days, keeping people from doing what they know is the right thing to do. What is it these people really, really see in and want from Donald Trump? What? What is he giving them? He's giving them strength, a show of strength. That's all there is to it. Put yourself in a middle school schoolyard. Put your, your, you're 11 years old. And, and, and who is, who is, what, what is power? 
Power is projected on the most physical and most, uh, and, and most literal way through a projection of strength. It could be physical. It could be, it could be some kid who beats up other kids in the schoolyard and people are afraid of him because of that. It could be psychological. He could talk down anyone and shout anyone down. But the people who want to have him in a position, in a visible position of power are basically motivated by their need to say, I am represented by, I am attached to a person who can project not policies, not logic, not reason, not governance, not anything good for the country. A person who can project strength. Does it have to be, uh, does it have to be expressed uh, in a form that would be complementary to running a country? Does it have to be a presidential, rather contained? So no, just give me strength. Just give me anything. Show me that you're tough. Show me, make me, make me, get me back into the schoolyard. Get me on, let me see you bully people and let me know that I'm on your side. I need you to front for me. Donald tells his people all the time. I'm all that stands between you and the deep state. When he says deep state, he, mean, he means the Justice Department that's basically going to throw him in jail. Oh, well, at least convict him and house arrest him and put an ankle, whatever, whatever, however the hell that plays out. But this is what that's about. This is about, it, it, it's no more complicated. It's no more, it's no more mind-boggling than the little kids in the schoolyard who rather than stand up against a bully, and we all know how that works, no, you go with the bully because you are even more frightened than the people he's bullying. And whether you think it out clearly or not, you could be next. If you do not stand behind the bully, you may find yourself in front of him, and that is unthinkable. So you simply cower and you crouch and the thought of him not being there scares the living shit out of you. We need him, say the Republican base, because, well, we can't use these words. We can't admit it to ourselves. But we're scared to death of what? Of, 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 of what it would be like if he wasn't there. And what is that? Well, um, 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 uh, uh, the economy will collapse. No, the economy is doing great. Uh, uh, the stock market, we're going to have a huge inflation. No, 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 no. The market is higher than it's ever been in history. Um, we're, 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 uh, uh, the, oh, the, uh, 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 the people are going to rush across the border and they're going to take over. The no, no. The Republicans don't want to do the legislative, massive legislative package that would control the border effectively. They would rather put up barbed wire in a few places, and they would rather have, watch Greg Abbott send busloads of people to New York City, which solves nothing 
But it keeps the problem there because, well, that's a problem for Donald to be on the other. See, you see what will happen if I don't stay here? Well, this, But that's exactly what's going to happen when you are there. And you did know better. You removed mothers from children. And what is that going to, you going to start shooting people? No, you have to have a rational uh, immigration policy. We have to have rational, effective border control. But you can't do that simply by grandstanding the situation and making people afraid and leaving it at that. That's all Donald knows how to do. And this is all his followers want. Show us you are strong. Tell me that the other guy is bad. That's all I want from you. Why? Why would that be all I want? Why would I not demand policy? Why would I not demand leadership? Why would I not demand anything, anything that we have ever associated with the role of the president of the United States? Why? Because I'm scared shitless. You, Donald, you who live with more fear in your soul than any human being I probably have ever confronted, well, more publicly, and so, and, and so just simply by virtue of your, of your compulsive need to be out there no matter what, you are the most fearful human being I have ever encountered, and you have found a way to communicate and you you sensed the kernel of fear growing in a substantial part of the country of the popular it's always been there it's been largely within the republican ranks it, it it's part of the demographic it's part it's part of the dynamic in there to be to be worried about certain things to be afraid of well always a subject of uh, an element of republicanism has always been fearful of the other. The Democrats have had some of this, but more largely the Republicans. Donald, you have found a way to nurture that fear in a way that no one has ever done that successfully. And you can't do that unless you are living in fear yourself. You must know fear every minute of every day. You have to be a master of it, but not mastering it. It must, it, it must, be possess, it must possess you, but you must also have an innate ability to use it to your benefit. And you have basically done that brilliantly. There is no rational reason why Republicans, why the Republican base, why the MAGA base would want a piece of crap like Donald Trump to be president. There's no rational reason. There is no governance that he could, no policy, no, nothing. It's about fear, plain and simple. What is fear? The absence of love. Do you understand what these people must be feeling like? And you understand what happens when we, I'm talking about people who are not Trumpian types, MAGA types, living in the fear that he basically exudes and, 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 and basically manufactures and, 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 and nurtures and in them. People who can be on the other side of that. It's not hard to basically suddenly find yourself infected by the same thing. 
There are no automatic guardrails. Democrats across the entire spectrum, from from the most from the most rapidly progressive to the center rightist. Okay, no one is immune from fear. Fear is something we can all understand because we have it in us at all times. Fear and love are parts of our souls. It's what we're made of. It is the, it's part of the energetic formula of the universe. It's sentient beings like ourselves that basically imbue the universe with an intelligence. I can get into this and I can get into, into somewhere between energetic and, 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 and uh, Eastern uh, thought and, and, uh, and, uh, and theoretical physics. And, but but I, suffice it to say that from my perspective, and it makes consummate sense to me, that we are, an, we are injecting an intelligence into the universe, into the structure of the universe that basically allows us to, to differentiate or, 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 to, or to, no, to amplify this, this fear-love dichotomy, but also fear-love interaction that is both endemic to the universe and to us and how we, and how we interpret that energy in our own lives basically dictates how our lives are lived. Will we be possessed by fear? Will, will we fail to suppress fear? You have to suppress it, by the way, otherwise it rises up. Or will we basically suppress it and find a way to elevate the love component of our souls? The, the love-fear uh, energy that is all the universe and that we share a part of. How will we utilize this? Now, th that's not a conversation you're going to have uh, over a political uh, table. You're not going to see it on air. And you're sure as hell not going to have it with uh, pretty much anyone who would self-identify as a MAGA or a Trumpian type. But that's what's going on. That's the reality. And, and when you understand how fear works in us, when you understand that you must consciously suppress it or it will begin to overtake love and all the things that love are. This is not just gushy-mushy love. It's love has a zillion avatars, a, a zillion different ways of expressing itself, just as fear does. Dominance, hatred, prejudice, uh, anger, violence, uh, uh, Hamas, uh, Israeli uh, uh, IDF, you know, IDF uh, killing people in God, fear. I, I, I want to get back to, I, I, started, I started the show with this. Uh, I was talking about an interview that uh, I saw uh, Walter Isaacson do with Tom Friedman on, um, on the Christian Amanpour show. It was from last night. I was watching it during the morning, early. And, and Friedman, who I know a lot of people get annoyed with sometimes, I know my, my very liberal friends have, have basically had a really hard time with him over the years. But Friedman said, look, Israel basically is in the grips politically and militarily in the grips of, the, of a far right wing group that has control over the prime minister. 
Bibi Netanyahu, this is Tom Friedman saying this to Walter Isaacson this morning. Bibi Netanyahu, in Friedman's opinion, is the worst leader. He said, he said I was about to say in, Jew, in Israeli history, he said, I will say in Jewish history. That gives you a few thousand more years to go with. This is a guy who basically, in, 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 uh, in, in cooperation with the right, allowed this bifurcation between the West Bank and Gaza, prevented the more moderating forces that might have been in control in the West Bank from basically becoming involved in Gaza, indirectly and maybe with a wink and a nod, allowed the militarization of Gaza. You'd have to hear this. Please look this up. And listen to it. And I've heard this before, and I, and I have to believe in Friedman, working with the New York Times, I, I have to believe he knows what he's talking about on this. But that it was seen to the advantage of the Israeli right to basically differentiate Gaza from Hamas, to let Hamas go off and become as crazy as a loon, and to basically use that as a basis for sustaining their power in the right, and saying to the people of Israel, look, you can't do anything but what we are because these people are crazy, they're out to get you, and there's no way in hell we could ever have a one-state or a two-state or in any multi-state situation. We must keep these people un th under their thumbs. They are animals, blah, 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 blah. Well, lo and behold, the animals did animalistic things on October 7th, and the Israelis came back and did a hell of a lot more. And of course, yes, of course, I, I, getting back to, to the discussions that we were having over the last show that we had up, uh, yes, there, there are all these, these reasons why Israel needs to protect blah, 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 and how it needs to, and it's justification and blah, blah, blah. No, the Israelis are hard, blah, blah, blah. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. When you whittle it all down, the situation that came to a head on October 7th, and then generated the situation that is ongoing right now and that's causing all the more anxiety. How the hell do we deal with getting Israel to feel safe enough to stop doing what it's doing to Gaza right now and the world is turning against us? What, what is at the heart and core and soul of all that? It winds up, according to Friedman, and I, boy, do I agree with this, Bibi Netanyahu's fear. Does this sound familiar? The, 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 the leader of Israel being basically a, a totally narcissistic, again, I'm, I'm going with Friedman, but my observations might not be so different, that he is a narcissistic guy who's in it for Bibi Netanyahu, not for Israel, and basically the right was the easiest vehicle for him to utilize to maintain his power and allowed things to happen that would have never been allowed had he been looking out for Israel first and not Bibi Netanyahu, like being aware and knowing exactly what Hamas was doing within Gaza Knowing, uh, knowing basically where what what might happen. There were reports out there. He did apparently they did know, and this stuff still happened. And 
and then using whatever and using the horror, the absolute disgusting horror of what of what the Hamas, uh, you know, militants did going across the border and destroying and shoot. I mean, come on, man. It would drive, you, drive anyone out of their mind to see that happen. And, of course, the Israeli aversion to the notion of anyone taking an Israeli hostage. That. And all of this, in other words, the worst possible stuff being done knowing what the Israeli reaction would be. If, if you had to, I mean, nothing was left out. Hamas knew exactly what it, it wanted, the full reaction and justification of Israel. And Israel would go in and they would blah, blah, blah. And Hamas, they knew that they had basically militarized the entire infrastructure and most of the civilian population and many of the main civilian support structures, hospitals, government built, were all Hamas tunneled underneath. There's no, no great secret about any of this. And they knew exactly what the Israelis would do next. And they knew this would cost lives. But you see, in a, in a weird way, Hamas is thinking along the same lines. Again, this is Friedman, but I agree. Hamas, the, these, the loonies in Hamas, are thinking along, along the same lines as the loonies in the right-wing Israeli government. Hamas's notion is, unlike Hezbollah up, up, up in, you know, on the West Bank, and Hamas is saying, no, no, our goal is to destroy Israel. The right-wing government of Israel is saying, our goal is to destroy Hamas. There can be no two-state solution anywhere, anyhow, anyway. There never will be. We will keep putting settlers every place. There is no way in hell. It is Israel and only Israel, and that's it. And if it means we have to destroy to protect boy, these words seem, they echo through history, something like this. This is what we're going to do. There's, there's no two ways about it. But you see, that also means there can't be a solution. And it leads to the next, rain, the next area of, of problem. See, because to solve this business that Israel is in right now, you got to basically get rid of Bibi Netanyahu. That's number one. Once you get rid of Bibi, you then have to have some kind of an interim group in place for a couple of years to start rebuilding Gaza and Israel and the rest of the... And the, and, and the United States could get involved in this easily. Then you start rebuilding Gaza. Then you have to have elections. And then you have something like a two-state solution. But anything short of that... You have what you have right now, and it goes on and on and on. You must begin by getting rid of Bibi Netanyahu. Guess who has the ability to do that? Guess which of the two ostensible presidential candidates for the presidency of the United States in 2024 has the ability to do anything? to affect the rule, to affect the, 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 prime, the premiership of Bibi Netanyahu. It ain't Donald Trump. No, no, no. no. Donald, Donald was going in a whole other direction. You see, Donald hated the fact 
that, that, that Barack Obama had negotiated this nuclear control deal with Iran. Anything that had Obama's name on it, just from a position of, of, of showing how strong Donald is to his supporters, well, you have to destroy. So if it has, if Obama's name, if it's called Obamacare, I have to destroy it. Do I have to replace it? No, I don't have to replace it with anything. I simply destroy anything. That's my show of strength. And my supporters go, yeah, Donald, yeah, you show him, man. You go. And that's all I got to do, right? So Donald sees one where he doesn't necessarily have to get Congress to go with him, where he's not going to have a John McCain give a thumbs down at 1 a.m. in the morning, and simply goes ahead and says, you know that deal that Obama worked out with the Israelis? Well, it was, it ha it was about to expire and it had to, it had to be renewed. Nope, no way. We're going to get rid of it. It's done. It's no good. It's bad. It's, it's the worst deal ever done in history. We're giving away blah, 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 blah. And you, the, typical, and fear, 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 fear. Be afraid. Be very afraid. And blah, 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 blah. And I'm now, I'm the one. Guess what's happened? That deal was supposed, that deal was working, by the way. Uh, the, the, the International Atomic Energy, the, the IEAC, I, international IAEC was, was basically keeping track of what was going on with the Iranians, and they were always being kept at least a year away from, from creating, from doing all of the, the, the purification of, of plutonium and everything that was needed to ultimately fuel a bomb. The a deal and what that deal controlled stopped the Iranian at, at roughly the one-year mark away from getting things done. Wasn't perfect, but it beat the hell out of taking the, the guards off completely and letting them do whatever the hell they were going to do. Because when Donald took away that deal, he did squat to do anything to replace it. Don't worry, we'll just, we'll what? We'll, I don't know what we'll do. Guess what? And this is common knowledge, folks, within the international community. Iran is within weeks, not years, but within no time of having a perfected, a perfected atomic weapon in their possession, made by them internally. Nothing to stop them. No, don't worry. If, if you stop this deal, if you stop doing it, says the Iranian, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yes, Mr. I understand, Mr. Uh, Mr. Trump. We, we, we basically understand that, yes, uh, yes, we, we're good. <coughs> we won't do a damn thing. I, I, we're afraid of you. Uh, sure, I understand. We, uh, we, we were willing to stay in the deal, but okay. I mean, uh, there were sanctions against us and blah, 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 but, but uh, we understand, or whatever. We understand you're an asshole. We understand that basically you're in it for yourself. We understand that you must project your strength in order to satisfy the red meat needs of your base. That's it. Logic, governance, policy, meaningless. Donald Trump bless his warped little soul, basically has done more to destabilize the Middle East than anyone else. Because when, you, when it all boils down, when you boil it all down, it is the capacity of Iran, through its functionaries, through, through, uh, uh, through uh, Hamas, through, through, uh, uh, through, uh, through the Houthi militias, through the Iranian guard, through, through all of these 
local local forces that are under its control to basically destabilize the region as much and whenever it wants to its own benefit. And they have absolutely no, no qualms about thinking through, or at least, again, they want to project their power. Does that require the destruction of the state of Israel? Yeah, they're, they're fine with that, knowing full well, however, that they don't ever want to have their fingerprints directly on the activities involved there. But they basically augment their power by knowing, by people knowing that they have a bomb, which of course they deny they have, and you see where it goes from there. But they would never have that bomb if Donald Trump wasn't afraid. And if Donald Trump wasn't basically catering and pandering to the fear of his people. Donald Trump, Friedman made a point of saying, was absolutely, without even, without even thinking about it, <clears throat> he was beyond the worst president the United States has ever known. He wasn't even worth calling a president. And he wants to do it all over again because, well, it's the only thing he's got left. And he's convinced uh, 25 to 30% of the population that he's all there is because their fear necessitates having Donald out there. That's, that's where this is at. And it all begins with fear. Fear that is not confronted Fear that is not suppressed, fear that is allowed to overrun love, which is the other half of what we are. The stuff that we basically all share as sentient members, but nonetheless, you know, atomic members, if you will, energetic members of the energy that is the universe that's expressed in matter, that's expressed in pure energy, that's expressed in multi-universes, that's, that's expressed over time and distances that are, that are basically incomprehensible to us. But this is what, this is what we are. And we are made of the same stuff. We are back to Carl Sagan. We are back to we are star stuff. That's it. At least in this local universe, maybe it works a little different. Maybe the laws of physics don't operate quite the same in a different bubble in another, in another time zone, in another phase. Who knows? Theoretical physics gives us all of this, but theoretical physics, it was what, was what is now a cell phone, at some point was a whole bunch of theoretical physics. But eventually these things become real. Fear becomes real. Donald lives in and for and projects and has nothing but fear. We don't have to. And at all those moments, in all those times, when suddenly you're feeling like really, really down and like, oh my God, how will this ever work out? Oh my God, do you realize what could maybe sort of happen if it just goes a certain way and maybe people really don't care and, and oh my God, and what happens if RFK Jr. steps in and he really begins to take votes away from, from, from Joe Biden and, and, and what happens if Donald somehow basically, even, even when he's, and, 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 then, and then he'll find a way to get himself out of prison and somehow even still come in an org and then he'll basically free himself and he'll, and he'll take everybody and, and you work yourself into a lather the old expression, easily, easy to do, so easy to do. Calm down, 
Back off. Deal with your own fear first. It's your fear that's driving all of those images. Begin by accepting that there are nine or ten months to an election, which will affect all of us, and during those nine or ten months, there are any number of twists and turns that we just can't see. But in the process, if you want to feel a little better, remember that the guy in the White House right now, yeah, he's an old man, yeah, but he's smart, and he's been around, and he knows, he knows idiots like Trump, and he's dealt with them his entire political and personal life, and he's been through tragedy, and he knows what it's like to be fearful and to lose love and then to have to regain it. That guy in the White House, with all the world knowledge and all of the good intentions that he has, that guy has presided over an economy that grew by 3.3% in the last quarter and a stock market, a Dow, that just topped 38,000. Just, 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 just put those two things before your eyes and think of, the, and then go on and extrapolate from there about who Joe Biden might be. And then think about who he's in favor of and who he's for. And he's for helping unions, and he's for helping people across the board. And he's basically for a better border policy, but can't seem to get the other side to actually want to negotiate it out. And he understands that if you let Russia annex Ukraine or take over Ukraine, and if you try to demobilize or basically eviscerate or at least emasculate NATO, as Trump has already threatened he would do, basically Russia goes and takes over everything. And you realize that Trump, even though he supposedly put all those tariffs on China because he basically, if that was one plus one equals two in his mind, it was easy to do that. Basically, he would let China basically do whatever it wanted to do if they wanted to take over Taiwan because they'd probably be something in it for Donald. Remember, Donald is in it for Donald. There's no guarantee of any policy. There's no direction. There's no larger vision of the country other than whatever he can see in a mirror on a given morning. And I'm sure he sees less and less. And he is under pressures the likes of which very few humans have ever been under. And he's all of this fear and all of this anxiety being, being compressed and, 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 just, and just forced into a tighter and tighter and tighter and uglier and nastier ball by all of the problems the man is confronting. And he's getting names wrong and he can't remember who he's after. Am I, am I, fighting, am I fighting Obama? Am I, who, who am I? Who, who is it that I'm... And, 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 and it's all becoming a mishmash in his head. But he's going to be strong. And still that's all that counts. Understand that. Understand how vulnerable on a personal level this man is. Just, just accept that. And maybe even, God help us, feel some human compassion for him. Not, not to the point of, of, of basically uh, allowing him in and allowing him back and say, how bad can it be? No. Because compassion is one of those avatars of love. You know, what you have, what elevates as you suppress fear. 
And compassion is what we have to have for ourselves and one another. All of our one another's. And allowing that love, suppressing that fear, allowing that love, will give a clarity to our own thought. And it will produce its own positive results. I could get into the whole business of meditating with intention and what that can do. This all comes with elevating love as well. I'm not going to go there now. But I, I, I leave you with the notion during this first segment here that I, <laughs> no matter how you cut it, <laughs> Franklin Roosevelt was right. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. I would put it differently. We must choose to suppress our fear and elevate our love. And then anything good is possible. No answers, no prediction of exactly what will happen uh, this afternoon or tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now. But I know that if it's going to be good, we have to begin by suppressing our fears, not allowing all of the fear that Donald is absolutely day by day, minute by minute, all of it that he feels in himself and all of it that he's trying to convey to his followers and, 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 the, and the world and atmosphere and the ugliness of it all that he requires in order to maintain what he sees as his potential grip on power, that all of that is the stuff that we must reject before we reject him because he's horrible and nasty and terrible. We must reject an embrace of the fear that, empower, that he feels empowered by and that his followers unwittingly, fearfully embrace because they don't know what else to do. That's what happens when fear overtakes love in a human soul. You make bad choices. We don't have to. Suppress fear. Elevate love. And before David gets here, sit back, kick back, and enjoy a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. That's it. That's as much as I need to say. It is Friday, and the next words start, well, they start a, a, a great discussion, and you know what comes next. Let me just start it with the words. David, what's on your mind? Uh, well... There's a lot. So if you want to listen to me, you can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas. No. Um, so there's a couple of big topics to talk about. First, uh, Joe Biden got uh, has has put out some good, more policy stuff. There is a they're currently working on uh, rules about how much banks can do with overdraft fees. So yeah. basically, it, it would cap it at either three dollars or fourteen dollars. Maybe it's. I think the high end is $35 off of um, overdraft fees. Uh, Bank, banks, are, like, banks are automatically, any, for, for, an, for, what's it, for an overdraft check right now, isn't it somewhere around anywhere between $30 and $50, depending on which bank you're with? It, 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 that's that's right. what they're doing now, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so this would be like a massive um, boom. Because the, the <clears> thing that, is clearly happening now is when you have a divided Congress, you basically have to work through your agencies in order to affect change. Right. And right. It is, you know, it is good to get out there and start talking about this because it is incredibly, you know, 
impactful and these are good policy decisions that are uh, changing. Uh, it's also good that he is starting to argue for, you know, some of the things that they would pass uh, in the next year. Because it, look, as blatantly obvious as it is that Trump is worse than Joe Biden, like on every statistical measure and every issue and all of that, um, it's not enough to just say I'm better than the other guy. That's right. You need, you need some type of plan. And I think the easiest thing to run on, obviously, other than abortion, is um, universal, uh, universal school lunches, um, and some type of housing control or rent control or expansion of housing. Uh, I think Rokana has a bill that would. Uh, put $700 billion into creating new homes, and it would also uh, ban um, massive corporations from just sitting on single-unit housing um, in order to just jack up the prices and force people into just rent or shit forever. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's time to start doing that uh, because that's what's important. Um, he also picked up the UAW, uh, the endorsement from Sean Fain, which... Is good. He he needed the um. He he earned it. Sean Fan said, "Look, I don't think you're living up to your uh, most pro-union president ever." And <laughs> yeah. I want you to come down the picket line, and he did. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. Um, it is not going to stop. Like the other thing they need to understand is just how this and this is less the Biden campaign and more the people who are going to the rallies, like. As long as the Israel-Gaza thing is happening and we are just, like, blindly saying, yeah, Israel has never done anything wrong ever, um, especially if the ICC rules against them today. And it looks like uh, in their preliminary report they probably will. That's what it seems to be. Uh, it is a a bad look. And certainly, <clears throat> certainly the people – so, like, when they interrupt every event, which people are going to do – if you're at one of those events, do not chant four more years of people saying no more genocide or no more ethnic cleansing. That's like an insane optics thing that looks fucking terrible. Like, that's just an insane thing to, to respond to. Um, it just it just is. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, we have to talk about Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma has a, a national library of that like works with teachers and librarians and and uh, groups like that in order to decide like what you know their libraries. They recently added another member to that board, Chai Rachik. You don't know who Chai Rachik is? I've talked about her before. Yeah, yeah, Chai yeah, Rachik yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the lives TikTok lady? She is not a teacher. She's not a librarian. She's not qualified to be on this board. Her only qualifications and this is it is she's a bigot. Ah, and it is worth well, every, every 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 good library board needs a bigot, don't they? I, I suppose that that's only fair. Well, is that ba- is it a oh, fair and balanced take, way of doing things? I guess you know. We're we're gonna take uh, um, porn out of schools, and they're just arguing that like, uh, you know, they they say, oh look, do you want to see your kid learning how to, you know, give a blowjob? Well, how old is the kid? And you're probably lying about what's in these books anyway, because that's what they do. And it is also worth mentioning, one, she doesn't live in the state, and two, um, she is responsible for a 
for week-long uh, series of bomb threats to some of the schools in Oklahoma because she got mad at either uh, something to do with, like, drag queens or um, something to do with the, the uh, LGBTQ community in Oklahoma or something like that. And then they had to shut down the school for weeks because they kept getting bomb threats, which is a consistent thing that she well, there, well, now, now, there couldn't have been a connection between her 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 pronouncements and her anger and people having bomb There couldn't be a connection between those two things, could there? Well, I mean, only if you ignore the dozens of other times that it has happened. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, um, you know, and ha- happy, happy fear, happy, happy. That's all Donald has going for him, and and he's just transmitted it down well, the no, line. Here's something to be Donald afraid of. Here's something else to be angry and fearful about. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's I want. It's not a, a Donald thing. This is a um, the online right is insane. They're just like viral, bloodthirsty um, people. Like they're and they don't get enough. Um, pushback in the mainstream like people going on charlie kirk like he's just outright like saying black people flying planes black people just shouldn't be flying planes yeah like he basically said that directly <laughs> and um uh and they're just like yeah that's a just a thing we can say um well let's get on to some of the other things so uh nikki haley lost in new hampshire um but like the numbers in under underlying it show more trouble for Trump. She's probably going to lose everything else. She may not win a single state. Not including including her own state, South Carolina. Yeah. 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 Um, but his reaction to a lot of this is just like very telling. Like we're gonna blackball anybody who works for her. Um, uh, you know, he threatened he threatened to throw her to prison. Um, it's just he's losing his mind um, over yeah. this. And yeah. you know what? It is also worth mentioning that um, Nikki Haley doesn't have, like her policies are relatively similar to his. Um, and she is one of those people. So unless she starts changing her tune about, Hey, you know, he's found guilty of stuff, then maybe we should uh, um, not pardon him. It's, it's irrelevant. She has, she she just doesn't care about the that either, and she keeps doing this "America was never racist" thing when that was like a big part of her opening speech, and it's just like she can't connect the dots that both her party is racist and won't accept her. No, well, it's not that she can, she can connect them. I would I would argue I would argue that she doesn't want to connect them because of where she finds herself at this point in history in a Republican party that's dominated by people who are out of their effing minds and basically dominated by the by the by the fear and emotions that Trump has. So this is she's taking the route that's open to her. She's not a stupid woman. She's not a stupid anything. She's basically doing. She's being. She's. She's resorting. She's. She's defaulting to what she thinks will give her the best chance at power. That's. That's all I see right now. Do, do you feel yeah, well, that she believes half the crap she's saying? I. I. I don't know. Yeah. She, that, that's it. We don't know. As, we don't know. It's a little know. fake. Yeah. Um. But let's let's talk about the other thing, which is the border. So. There's a couple of different issues here. There's Texas doing their grandstanding, which of course, of course, is Abbott just wants to kill people, and this is this is not an exaggeration. 
um, the floating buoys with the razor wire. Yeah, uh, is just solely designed to kill people. I, I, I hate to say um, this. He, he he's he's an angry guy in a wheelchair, and I've seen them before. Uh, there was a, there was a Lester. There, who was the who was the one in uh, Georgia? The that that uh, Matt was it? Not Maddox had that was shot and he was just as crazy as ever and and as segregationist as can be. But I don't know. I I, I hate I hate to say that. I, I feel like he's taking his anger out, and you know this may. Uh, this may, may may upset some people, you know. No, you can't really talk about this. Is Greg? This is Greg Abbott's way of taking his anger out of the rest of the world. I'm sorry. That's what it, that's what I see. He, it is like you. We have to understand. Like it's all performative, and unfortunately, the performative things of the stuff he's doing gets people killed. It is also worth mentioning that I don't know. Like two, three weeks ago, he went on Dana Loesch's show, who is one of the. She's doing something with Dan Ari. I don't remember what exactly she's up to. And he's like, yeah, we were just we we're doing everything we can except openly shooting them because we would get charged with murder, I guess, because it is murder. Yeah, yeah, that's and exactly what it is. So, so basically, they put up razor wire, then they block the feds, um, uh, and then the Supreme Court said you can't block them anymore. They get to take down the razor wire, and then he basically just put up more razor wire. <laughs> And from there, he's like saying, yeah, I'm not going to let them in. Uh, this is Texas Strong. We're going to, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. like, so that itself is not in defiance of what the Supreme Court said, because they have till tomorrow to allow the feds in to, right. to block them. Whether they do that or not is, is I don't know. Um, but some of the other things it's worth pointing out. Uh, he spent $10 billion on Operation Lone Star. Um which is his uh, supposedly militarization of the border. Right. Um, it has done nothing. They have released no data that has shown that they have actually done anything productive. It has cost money. It has caused the suicide of seven of their National Guard. It has caused them to um, uh, to unionize. Uh, it has been an abject disaster. I, I, I would he, argue that it was never intended to do anything. It was basically like everything else. It's just a statement of we're strong and and we're afraid. And here's that's all you have to see and know. Results meaningless. Doesn't matter. Strength and fear. That's all it comes down to. Or projections of the and, same with no results. And then he sent out a letter basically saying like I have constitutional rights to do this, which he doesn't. Of because, course not. Of let, course let's not. be clear. Those segments are talking about a a foreign power invading the United States and you going to Congress for authorization to declare war on them while the federal government gears up to assist you. Um, That's not what's happening here. He's not being – even though they've been calling an invasion, it's literally just people coming to seek asylum. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And yeah, there are some people who are violent in that group. and people, most of them won't qualify for asylum, but they're not invading. The The issues at the border are a couple fold. One, we need to, to revamp our immigration system, um, both for uh, allowing swifter Amen. asylum cases, allowing um, uh, more people in, allowing faster pathways to citizenship. And we have to deal with the secondary issue. These people are here now while we wait for that because the system is so backed up. Um, and from there... We have to figure out how we can give them both uh, a way to live or um, some type of rights because yeah. they're here. Like they exist. We're not yeah. going to send them all back um, because 
that would be there would be no way to, to do that in a way that wouldn't sweep up a whole bunch of other people. Of course. Um, but the the thing about this is, if this is such a huge crisis that um, you know all of these different uh, you know Republicans have been screaming about all these governors are like, yeah, we stand with Texas. We'll like send National Guard if they you know the Biden administration starts like forcing them to do all this stuff. Um, it would it would imply that maybe you would want to do a bill about it. Yeah, Except, that, that you might actually want to do what you're in Congress to do and actually legislate this, argue it out, work it out, do something that, that would actually uh, have a legal basis that everybody would be behind and could actually do something to solve a problem. You know, but but I don't know. What do you think? I, I mean, that that's asking a lot, David. Well, you see, the the problem they've had is twofold. They said, we're not going to give Ukraine money unless uh, we do the border. And now their argument is, oh, well, Donald Trump wants to run on the border, so we're not going to do the border. So maybe we'll separate Ukraine. They've helped held Ukraine aid since October. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And at this point, like, they, they you cannot trust them to have good faith about anything. And, and a little cynically, I'm thinking the next time there's a uh, there's a CR to keep the government open, they should let it fail and and extract something for because there's been no point in saving Mike Johnson the last two times. No, when, no, no. I, I I would I would absolutely agree with you on that. This is getting it's getting silly. It's getting silly, and it's getting silly quicker. Even it's getting silly quicker than it even got silly under the under his predecessor. But. Uh. <laughs> they got nothing. The, there's no point in deciding of of um, of helping them because they're just going to keep screwing. Because you can't, you can't like the 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 people in the center are saying, "Oh, well, Biden has the power to fix this." Well, what, what exactly do you think he he has changed? He's deported more people than Trump. More people are coming because of a congruent set of factories. Um, he's dealing with them like basically as much power as he has. Like, we're not going—the argument they're basically making is we should have no asylum at all. Like, there is never a, a way to do—like, the, the only difference in policies is he got rid of Title 42, which wasn't working, and and, and you can't have Title 42 because Title 42 was based on COVID. That's um, right. And the reason you got rid of that is because we decided COVID is no longer an issue. So you either believe that COVID is an issue and we have to start dealing with it again, or you can't have Title 42. Like, there's those things work in tandem. Uh, the reign of Mexico was a disaster. It was just a, a terrible—and now, like, you have Greg Abbott out here saying, oh, yeah, the Biden administration is colluding with the cartels. Like, <laughs> he has no proof of that. He just made that shit up. Yeah, why not? Uh, but, but But why not? But why not? That's well. That's that's about fifty or sixty or seventy percent of what is put out by the right, basically. And 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 this is okay. The lingua franca is lies, and it's permitted. That's how social media works. And Abbott is no different. He's just another part of that. That's all. It's, it and sounds he, crazy, uh, but you know, I like. So there's two things. There's no reason they can't figure out a deal and pass it through the Senate to sixty. Of votes. course they not. They only need. Of course, they could do it any senators. day. They need nine Republican senators. That's so. It's basically two more than voted to impeach Donald Trump over, um, over January sixth. So That's I think, right. I don't. 
I don't believe McConnell voted to impeach him. So if he joined that group, that's one more. Um, I like they should be able to do this. Like even if you like, they 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 and they're not even like pretending like. Yeah, this is not a good deal for Joe Biden. They're literally coming out and saying, we want to keep this an issue for Donald Trump to run on, and we don't want to hand Biden a win. Like, it is, they're just openly saying it. So it it cannot be this Herculean invasion that requires us to get into potentially armed conflict with the, the, United, the federal government, but we're not going to do anything about it for nine months. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah. things. No, it's not. It's longer than that. It's it's a little less than a year because today's what the twenty sixth. Yep. Yeah, it would be. A, it would be. I mean, even a year from now, let's say Donald Trump was in office, there is no possible reality where in five days of office he passes some type of border bill. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, just it like is. there was never a reality that there would be a replacement for the Affordable Care Act. There's nothing there. It's to be against, to be afraid of. That's all that matters. It's the fear that he can generate over any given issue and get his people to feel more fear with him. That's all it is. Doing is meaningless. Feeling is everything. Yeah. Um, it's So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Texas. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it is worth mentioning that it does – this needs to be dealt with swiftly because the longer it goes on, the more emboldened he is. Um, and I do – like I I kept saying in 28 that they're going to run on this. He may start shooting people before the election. Um, I, I think that's – especially depending on how emboldened he feels off of this, how much of the uh, – um, the ecosystem, the right online ecosystem and the news channels um, fluff him up. I think he may feel a little extra bolted, especially if he feels like he can get a, um, uh, if he feels that the government blinks a little bit. But, like, it is not, a, like, they, they are just openly flouting. Um, they're trying to openly flout the federal government. It is also worrying that four Supreme Court justices decided that the, uh, the supremacy clause doesn't exist. Um, uh, that's not great either. No. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we are. Um, yeah, it I, is. I, yeah, it is. Uh, and and again, since since fear is the currency that the MAGA people and the Trumpians are dealing in, and Greg Abbott and his crowd, since it's all about fear. Basically, to keep the image of fear going, you have to keep feeding fear more and more. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't take less to keep the level of fear up. It takes more. And what you're suggesting, physically actually getting to the point of turning guns on people, that, that, that is a natural, normal progression of this sort of thing. And uh, I, I'm, you know, we can hope that it won't go that far. But uh, there's absolutely no reason why it can't. And that's why people like you are keeping an eye on this and telling people like our listeners and, and educating me more often than not as to what the hell is really going on down there. Uh, knowledge and pulling the scabs off and opening up people's eyes is the best, the best possible uh, antidote to a lot of that. That and taking action that counters it. And that's a lot of what's going to have to happen between now and the election at the end of this year. And David, your information is a 
major boon in driving things in the right direction. Uh, where else can people hear you, please? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas Now. Okay. Uh, thank you once again for all of that, as always, all these years and all of that great information. There's going to be a lot more to come, uh, as I say, <laughs> all the time. Uh, this, that's why we play the games, to watch all this stuff play out, because we are not... Uh, in a state of uh, of absolute despair, we are not living like MAGAites. We are not in fear and just loathing and hatred of everything, and don't care what really happens as long as there's a strong guy up there who looks strong, and then do whatever the hell you want because that's the only thing that'll that'll maybe diminish my fear, but it never really really works. What works is doing positive, thoughtful things. What works is keeping America going uh, and, and, and as, as heir to what was done 245 years ago and recognizing what needs to be done. What works is suppressing our fear. And what also works on a Friday after the second segment and David being here and everything else is to sit back and enjoy a little jazz. been listening to center left radio the progressive voice of hope politics and jazz my name is richard gazer and thank you once again for being part of today's show if you've listened to this entire show you may have noticed something about yourself if you came in feeling fearful and anxious and listened to what we were saying you probably feel less fearful and anxious now why because we've talked about and you have and we have 
learn to suppress our fears, elevate our hopes, not basically be in the abject state of fear that Donald lives in and demands of everyone who follows him.